0: Hey there, welcome to a special bonus weekend edition of Drummer Daily. Every weekend I publish, uh, just for subscribers, the audio version of my free weekly drum clinic that I do live over on Facebook. Uh, this is a special bonus just for you for subscribing uh, to the podcast. And so I hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to join me live weekly for these drum clinics, please check out facebook.com slash the uh, That's where I do the live broadcast every week. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this audio only version of my weekly drum clinic. Well, hey everyone, I am doing this like I thought I would, hopefully, hopefully all this stuff will keep working. Uh, I've got this camera here, my big thing is that i got to remember to mute this microphone that I'm using, it's my built-in laptop mic, so you might hear me click around a little bit, um, but I need to remember to mute this mic whenever I play the drums, uh, and so I've also got... This camera over here that gives you a little better view of what I'm playing. The video is a little choppy right now, um, but hopefully um, it'll still be usable and um, it'll give you a better view of what I am uh, what I'm playing. Um, now, a uh, couple of things. I'm kind of limited right now uh, based on uh, the the cable length connecting my other camera to my laptop. And so um, hopefully in the next week or two, I'll uh, get some different cables, which will also um, allow the video to be a little less choppy um, on the other camera. Um, But uh, just to let you know, I'm gonna do my best to kind of handle all of this by myself. We'll see uh, if it doesn't work for some reason. Um, And uh, I expect there to be some hiccups. So uh, just uh, bear with me. I'm sure that at some point um, something will fail and I will do my best to, uh, to recover from it. Um, I've also got, uh, I've got my iPhone sitting over here on my, uh, on my laptop so that I can see your comments and questions. So please ask away and I'll get to them as much as I possibly can. Um, there's a little bit of a delay between what I'm saying and what you're seeing. Uh, so just know that um, that uh, if I don't answer your question right away, I will uh, get to it as soon as possible. Now, um, today, until I get some questions, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. Um, one thing is, just I wanted to point this out to you, I'm going to go back to the other camera here. Um, you might notice right here, I am <laughs> I am missing a crash symbol that's just because the crash symbol was in the way of the camera and uh and i thought that uh i'd rather sacrifice a symbol so you can kind of see and get a better view of what i'm doing than um than me have this extra crash symbol that i may or may not actually use um because most of the stuff we might talk about is going to be probably groove based and not um not super flashy technical stuff um that being said, just in case you haven't ever hung out with me before on one of these live things, uh, just know that I am not a super crazy chops guy. So if you are looking for like crazy stuff around the drums, you're probably not going to get that here just because I can't do it. <laughs> but I, I love talking about groove, about still talking about technique and how we can use our hands and use our um, arms and wrists and everything like that. Um, and, um, you know, these things don't have a scheduled end time. And so, um, this will basically last as long as we can go, as long as the questions are there and I've got stuff to talk about. Um, so with that all being said, I think I'm going to get into kind of the first topic that I thought I'd talk about today. Um, I know that, uh, that if you've listened to my podcast recently or even in my newsletter, I mentioned my, um, my disdain is not the right word, but, um, I definitely uh, feel like a lot of guys overplay on the hi-hat, um, that they, um, they, they just, just beat the fire out of the hi-hat without thinking about it. And it's always so loud. Now this, uh, this hi-hat that I have here, um, right now I let, I let a friend borrow my other hi-hats, my, my Zildjian ones. So these are actually old Sabian AAX stage hats that I have. Um, and uh, when I got them, they were super bright, super just over the top. Uh, uh, they were good for like metal, you know, like really, really loud rock songs and stuff like that, really bright, really brittle, really harsh. Uh, thankfully, as you can kind of see, there's about 20 years of dirt and grime on these guys, and so um, we're not a uh, we're not quite so bright anymore. We're a little little dirtier with this uh, now, and it's actually really nice. I noticed the other day when I was playing with these because I had to. They're really good for like kind of funk uh, stuff like that, um, and so uh, it's got a really nice tight sound. Um, hey Timothy, I'll uh, I'll answer your question in a second. Uh, thanks for asking, uh, but. Um, what I thought we'd talk about a little bit is uh, I know we talked about uh, about hi hat, um, not playing it too loud before, um, but I I want to show you what that looks like, and then I also want to talk about um, kind of how sometimes sometimes with the hi hat um, we tend to fill in every note, and we really don't have to. What I've realized is that as music listeners, a lot of times we actually um, we actually uh, as a listener, we actually fill in a lot of notes that, um, that, um, in our minds, we fill in a lot of notes that don't, the hi-hat specifically, um, may or may not actually need to play. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about here in a second. Um, but first things first, I kind of want to show you a couple of contrasting, uh, ways of, of of playing the hi-hat and, um, I'm going to show you first kind of how most guys play the hi-hat, and then I'm going to kind of switch to um, switch to the way that I like to play the hi-hat. So I'm going to mute my talking mic, and uh, let's see if this all works. And then, um, like I said, this video on this camera is a little choppy sometimes, uh, and so I apologize, but hopefully in the next week or so, I'm going to have some better equipment to take care of that. Um, but I still think you're going to be able to see what I'm playing. All right, so first I'm going to kind of show you how guys normally play the hi hat and I'm gonna kinda of show you how, how I play the hi-hat. So here we go. First, most guys play in the hi-hat. Here we go. All right, so that's kind of how most guys play, and there's nothing like inherently wrong about maybe uh, playing like that uh, from the surface, but if you were a mix engineer or uh, a sound guy and you hear that, you are going to be, um, you're going to have a lot of problems with that because there is nothing. Uh, just to let you know, there's not a hi hat mic on this setup right here. That was that was. If you're hearing that, that was just bleed through other mics. And then I do have some overhead mics. Um, so you, there's nothing to do. You can do to control um, how loud those hi hats are. If you turn, if you want to turn the hi hats down. You're going to turn down the overheads, which has other drums coming through or whatever else it might be bleeding through. So you have no control. Um, and so. For me, as a drummer, I like to always think about how can i um, how can I give the drums every opportunity possible to sound good in the sound system or on you know in the studio or whatever how can I give the drums every chance to sound good because if the drums sound good, it actually makes me um it makes me look better it makes me sound better it makes me come across as better if the drums sound good and I'm not just responsible for tuning the drums I'm also responsible for uh, how they come out. So I'm going to kind of show you, uh, the first thing is I'm going to kind of show you how I like to play the hi-hat a little more subtly. And, um, like I said, I've never had a sound guy say, Hey man, can you give me more hi-hat? Um, and so, uh, uh, I play with kind of that thought in mind. Uh, but here is, uh, kind of the, the way that I like to play, uh, the hi-hat and you can kind of compare and contrast that with what I just showed you the first time. So as you can kind of see, hopefully from that, I don't know how I came across uh, in the mics, Uh, but hopefully you can kind of see that 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 way it's a lot more subtle. It wasn't as aggressive and just hammering through every every hi-hat hit. Um, But, uh, you know, for me, I almost like to play the hi-hat so quietly that if I were to accidentally drop um, a couple of hits, like I'm playing so quietly that maybe like, I, I flub it up a little bit, and and uh, the sound doesn't come out. I barely hit the drum at all. Um, you know, it's okay because, like I was, I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to show you here in a second another example of this. Um, the hi hat, especially for a listener, when you're playing with other instruments, the uh, all the little subdivisions, the little ticky things that kind of go well, um, kind of go in there. Um, if any of those are missing especially just a couple random ones, our minds still fill it in as a listener. Um, And this is something that I've learned by watching other drummers um, play, especially like they play like uh, 16th notes in the hi-hat. They're doing something kind of more dancey. I'll show you what I mean here in a second, but uh, I'll leave notes out completely. Um, And actually I've noticed recently, listening to a lot of pop music especially, you'd be surprised how many times there's just no hi-hat. In the, uh, in, the, in the part at all. Um, it might be a, an acoustic guitar part filling that in or something else, but it's definitely not a hi-hat. Um, and so I'm gonna show you kind of something that I like to do. I'm gonna show you a pattern where I'm gonna leave some hi-hat hits out, um, and then I'm actually going to come back and talk about uh, something else um, that has to do with, uh, sorry, I'm fixing my phone here so I can make sure I see your comments. Uh, I'm going to come back and talk about another aspect of what I'm playing for you uh, that I want to point out as well. And then I'm going to get to some questions that I see here in the comments. Um, So please feel free to ask away still, and I will definitely keep answering them. All right. So let me switch this camera over here, and I am going to show you what I'm talking about, about kind of leaving some hi-hat hits out of a pattern. And this is going to be a different pattern too. Here we go. All right. So as you probably noticed in that pattern, uh, there was a lot of missing notes. Um, a lot of stuff that I left out on the hi-hat, um, especially, uh, with my right hand with like kind of like the downbeats and stuff. And obviously when I moved my hand over to hit the snare, um, that was missing as well. Um, and so, uh, uh, you can play with that because the hi-hat doesn't have to be there all the time. And what's really cool uh, about this technique is, um, as a drummer, like I, I love the idea that we have so much control as as drummers uh, to, to dictate the dynamic of a song. Um, and, and that can be good or that can be bad. Uh, but what I like to think about is, the, and even not just the dynamic, but the mix of the song. And so... Um, what I love to do is kind of play with that, like think about the fact that in this one part of the song, maybe um, maybe uh, maybe I don't need to play the hi-hat at all, because there's an acoustic guitar that's strumming, and uh, sorry, kind <laughs> of window pop up here, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, one second, I'm getting there, okay, you probably didn't even see that, but I did. A uh, little hiccup in the live broadcast. Uh, but uh, maybe in this part of the song, you don't even need to uh, to play the high because the acoustic guitar is cutting through super bright in the mix. And that high end of that acoustic guitar strumming is really all you need. Um, it's really all, all that needs to be there as far as rhythmic kind of crispness and and, and keeping the, keeping the uh, subdivisions going. Uh, and this really works well. Uh, if you play at church, worship drummers especially, um, nothing against guitar players, but a lot of acoustic guitar players love to rush the beat. And uh, it, it may not come across as rushing to beat if they're playing by themselves, uh, but when the drums come in and they're constantly ahead of the drummer just a little bit, um, of course it can drive as crazy as drummers. But also, um, what can happen is if we start subdividing, playing the hi-hat, and we're actually playing the same kind of rhythm, uh, maybe eighth notes or whatever it is, as the acoustic guitar, we start, uh, people can start hearing that separation of the, uh, start hearing the separation between uh, the hi-hat and the acoustic guitar, rhythmically, where it lines up. And so what you start hearing, is you start hearing flames, you know, between the hi hat and the acoustic guitar, you start hearing brruh, brruh, brruh. if at best, if the acoustic guitar player is really crazy, um, you, you might uh, end up hearing something way worse than that. But all that to say, as a drummer, I have control and I have the awareness. Um, I have the awareness of of knowing, hey, that that other person is rushing. I maybe don't want to rush. But I have the control and the awareness to dictate the situation in order to be able to say, you know what, if that person's rushing and my hi-hats are just going to make it even more obvious that they're rushing, maybe I don't play the hi-hats for that reason. Maybe I, I stay off the hi-hats even if, even if sonically it'd be okay to play them. If I stay off and let them kind of play by themselves, it gives them a little more space to kind of dance around the rhythm without my correct quote-unquote hi-hats showing everyone how wrong the acoustic guitar player is. So I don't mean to harp on this too much, um, but uh it's just something that I see a lot of people um a lot of people mention. Um all right so one more thing about that pattern. I'm gonna play this pattern one more time but this time I'm gonna point out uh not only do I um do I leave out notes um but I also um I also accent uh notes in a, in a different way. And it's hard to, to hear this without, um, hard to hear this without, um, without other instruments. But I, I think that, uh, what I'm going to try to show you is, uh, there's still room in the rhythm. Even if we are playing, uh, playing some 16th or kind of filling in a little bit with a the hi-hat, there is still room to kind of add some interest. Um, and I just think the best way for me to explain this to you is to try it. Um, now I don't have any, um, I, don't have, I learned this yesterday when I was testing this live broadcast. If I play any copyrighted music on this broadcast, Facebook will delete the recording of it. So uh, I, I don't want to do that. So I can't really play along with any music. Maybe next week I'll have a click track in at least so you can hear that. Uh, but I want to show you uh, what I'm talking about and then you can kind of try this with your own group uh, or with some other music when you get a chance. So I'm going to switch this camera over, and I'm going to show you that same pattern. But I want you to pay attention to the the accent pattern on the hi-hats to kind of hear hear what I'm doing with kind of some interesting placement of those accents. Uh, And then I promise you guys, as soon as I'm done with this, um, I promise you guys uh, that I will get to your questions. I see some great questions on here, and I am definitely going to answer those. Uh, So uh, I'm going to play this pattern. Uh, Pay attention to the accents, and then I'll get to some questions. All right. Here we go. All right, so as you can hear, I, I definitely, at first, I personally forgot to uh, leave some of those hi hat hits out. Um, but uh, I did a lot of accents, and, and what I tried to do is not only just, I didn't try to just keep the hi hat quiet and then accent certain things, but I kind of tried to ramp up to those accents and kind of dive back down. So it kind of, instead of having the hi hat go, I kind of have it go, up and down and up and down so it kind of kind of ramps up the accents and the ramps down what you do with that is um you kind of you you let there be a flow to the rhythm and and once again it's the same idea as not hammering out the hi-hat is if you just kind of keep it smoother and low you add some organic feel to it because i feel like uh you know i i talk a lot about playing with a click track but a lot of times what guys do when they hear a click track is they try to lock in with it so hard. They don't think about the dynamics of what they're doing with that click track. And it ends up just sounding like a. It, it, the best you can do is sound like a program drum machine. Um, and I know we don't want to sound like that. So the way that I've managed to kind of integrate feel in with actually playing with a, with a click or playing with a band is by doing those, I almost call them uh, micro dynamics uh, for lack of a better word. I'm sure there's some other, somebody else who's talked about this before and has a better word for it. Um, but that's what I call it. Okay, so now I'm going to get to some questions uh, because I want to make sure that uh, this is interactive. And so I am reaching over here and scrolling down so I can see some questions. Okay, Timothy, I see your question. I believe that's the first one. Uh, hey there, uh, Abhinav. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I see you said hi. I want to say hi back to you as well. Uh, okay, so Timothy, uh, you said, don't know if you can cover this today, but how low do you tune your floor tom when playing contemporary worship? My church... Has an 18 inch floor tom and it is so low that it sounds like a concert bass. They also put seven pieces of moon gel to muffle it. It all just seems off to me. Uh, I totally, uh, totally get you. To That's a great question. Um, you know, with an 18 inch floor tom, this is a 16 inch over here. Uh, let me change the camera here. Uh, this is a 16 inch uh, floor tom over here. Um, and, uh, you know, you can kind of see, I don't know if you can see, it's behind this mic, but I'll take it off and show you. All I have for muffling on this tom, and you've heard it, is just, I have this, uh, hold it to the camera here, it's this uh, snare weight M80, it's not focusing, I doesn't want to focus, but uh, Snareweight M80, uh, it's a little piece of leather, um, and so I, I put that on the floor tom, uh, but um, that's all I've got on here. Um, let me see if I can mute this mic, I'm going to hit the floor tom a few times just to let you hear how low it's tuned. Um, and then, uh, we'll get back and I'll talk about it a little more. Here we go. Here's, here's just this floor, Tom. And let me hear it, let you hear it without the muffling too, just so you can hear what that sounds like. It's going to be a little ringier, It might even kind of dive bomb a little bit, but I want you to hear what that sounds like. So I'm taking the muffling off now. Let you hear that. All right, so that's kind of how it sounds. Uh, I want to also um, mention. Uh, I'd love to ask you or, or have you think about uh, if if your drum sounds like a concert bass drum and you got to muffle it that much. I'm wondering if you've got a really thin head on it. Um, I don't know because um, it sounds to me like you've got way too much resonance. Um, and if the drum is already if the drum is sounding low pitched, and then you've also got um, You've also got an issue where it's resonating so much you got to put so many moon gels on it. Um, I'm wondering if maybe the head thickness is a problem. It might be too thin of a head and um, and a thicker head might solve that problem. Um, just a thought. Um, and you know, the other thing is um, as far as tuning how low I tune it, uh, I know that mics can change things so I know that, that maybe that didn't come across very well in this broadcast. Um, but I just wanted to mention that um in, in general, I tune drums a little higher than to the ear than what um I intend for them to end up sounding like at the end of uh, at if the as the end result um and so um you know without hearing the drum, it'd be hard to tell you, but I would just say that um you know. It's interesting to me that the drum is both being muffled a lot and then also is too low. Normally when people have to muffle drums, it's because they tune them up a little higher to be a little more resonant, and then the muffling offsets the higher tuning. Um, but if it's an 18-inch floor tom and it sounds like a concert bass drum, it makes me think that there's just too much... Uh, when you hit the drum, there's too much mass moving, uh, which makes... That's why I think maybe the head's too thin. Um, also I will tell you that something I know that uh, some guys like to do, and this is something uh, unique, uh, to help control that resonance as well. If the top head isn't too, too thin is, uh, is, uh, the bottom head, uh, put a, uh, like a pinstripe or something on there, something thicker on the bottom head. I actually used to have a coated emperor, I think, uh, which is a two ply head on the bottom of my floor tom. so put a thicker head on the bottom too, there's no rules about what you can and can't put on there. I know it's tough though to, to, to experiment with drum heads because drum heads are expensive, um, but if you buy a head like a pinstripe or something that you put on the bottom, if it doesn't work out, you can use it on the top, uh, and so uh, that can be uh, a great alternative. Um, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Uh, all right, so Corey asks, do you change your snare drum during a live performance and do you use a variety of snares for the studio or change the the sound by heads, muffling, etc.? Great question. Um, So I will say that live I don't change snare drums. Um, I I stick with what I've got and I actually don't tune uh, my snare drum either. I do have these guys. Let me get over here. I do have these guys, uh, you know, uh, that almost every drummer feels feel like has now Big Fat Snare Drum and the Donut and so I'll use these uh, I actually find though that I use these guys uh, more often recently on the floor tom for unique situations uh, than uh, on the snare um, I do like I do like the Big Fat Snare Drum for recording sometimes too um, but I don't really change drums when I'm playing live and I don't change tuning uh, when I play live I kind of stick with what I've got I do change muffling a little bit when I uh, when I play live, um, and let me see. Let me see if this drum is tuned well. I might have lost a little tuning from hitting it. Let me retune this guy. Um, uh, let me see. Well, I'm pretty good. Um, so what I'm going to do, I will show you something that I like to do, and this is something unique, uh, not unique to me, but it's something that I haven't really heard anyone talk about. Is Um, I like, and I've talked about this in the podcast too, but I like to use, uh, especially if I'm, you know, playing live, I like to use, uh, the, uh, I like to use the ring of my drum as kind of a fake reverb, uh, or a wannabe reverb. Uh, if I can, if I can control the length of the note coming out of the drum, then I can control the perceived reverb of it. Now, obviously the ringing has to be pleasing and it may not come across as pleasing, uh, on this video. Uh, but I do things like this, and I'm going I'm to show you what I mean. So I'm going to play a little bit. Uh, I'm going to play two different patterns. Uh, one pattern, get my leg over here. Uh, I'm going to play one pattern that is uh, that is tight and short with all the muffling, and then I'm going to change the muffling, and I'm going to play something that kind of embraces that other, uh, the, the ring gear version of the snare. Um, so let me see here. I'm going to mute this mic, and then we'll try it out. Alright, so that might, be, uh, that might have been a little annoying, that ring, uh, because of the way I have it tuned right now. I think that if I, if I was planning on doing that, I would probably, uh, I would probably tune it a little closer. Um, and also I've played it a little bit so it's out of tune. But uh, that's what I do uh, live. I do things like that. I kind of change the muffling around based on the song. I do play with like the butt end of my stick sometimes without doing rim shots. Because I do rim shots pretty much all the time, but uh, I might not if I, uh, if I do that. Um, as far as the studio goes, I would say that uh, it's, it's changed because it, I don't want to sound like a, a sales pitch for this drum, but this ANF snare drum uh, is so versatile that recently I feel like I've been playing it pretty much all the time. Um, I can pretty much get any sound I want out of it, and it's just so easy to get there, and it sounds so good. Um, it's easy to tune. Um, and so m- most of the time I use this drum, but previous to this, I would definitely change drums around. Um, I have a, it's over there in the corner. So you can't see it right now, but I have a Ludwig super light that I like to play with. And I've mentioned that before. Um, I used to use that in the studio all the time. Um, and it's definitely a good drum. And then, um, uh, I would do that. And then I have a friend who owns the studio that I play in a lot. And he has a, uh, it's, a I don't know if it's a Black Beauty. I think it might be like the, the pork pie version of the Black Beauty. Um, I, strangely enough, I'm not much of a gear guy. Uh, I, talk, I talk about gear a lot, but I and I I just don't I'm not very educated about you know what's this or that. I just kind of find something that sounds good and I play it. Um, but hopefully that answers your question about kind of what I change, how I change things around. Um, in the studio too, I will say I kinda took a no-rules approach. Um whatever we gotta do to get that sound, that's what we'll do. Um and I'm also excited to uh to try out uh the uh the AF the the snares on this uh floor tom that I've got. Um they're turned off and they're loose right now, obviously. Um but this thing sounds pretty awesome when you uh when you tune it like a snare drum and then put those snares on so that it actually sounds like a snare. Um so hopefully that helps you out a little bit. Answers your question. Let's see here. Um, you know, I think uh, I think that's it as far as questions right now. Feel free to ask some more. Um, and thanks for joining me. I don't want these to always be too long because I want to make sure that uh, that everybody uh, actually gets something out of these. Um, and so um, and so, uh, you know, I'm going to keep these short. Uh, that way I don't take up all of your lunch break or whatever it is. I'm hungry too, actually. Uh, but uh, I'm going to do this every week. Uh, it may or may not be on... Uh, on. Uh, I plan on doing these on Friday as many, many times as possible. Um, but coming up here this next little bit, this ne- basically this spring, it may not quite be possible for me to do it on Friday every time. Uh, so it might be on Wednesday like today or another day of the week. But um, I am going to... Do it, and it's going to be simple and short. Sometimes I'll have things to talk about. Sometimes we'll just show up and hang out and chat drums and see what happens. Um, but I, I want you to join me every week because it's uh, a lot of fun. And if you haven't, uh, this is my one promo. I promise my one promo uh, for this whole thing. Uh, if you haven't uh, checked out Boom Click Bootcamp and you want to play drums with the Click, or you want to play drums at church with backing tracks or anything like that, or you want to be a professional drummer, uh, basically if a Click track is a part of what you do as a drummer. Um, I would love for you to check out boomclick.net um, it's a uh, you, can, you can watch some free videos that kind of explain the philosophy and the idea behind uh, uh, Boomclick Bootcamp uh, there's 4 free videos over 4 days you can watch but then the uh, actual bootcamp is 14 days and it's not, uh, it's, not a, it's a video course but it's not like a, a watch me play the drums and then you know hope, hopefully you like what you see or whatever it's a tool that you can use and play along with um, and so um, it's a it's literally you put your headphones in the video plays you play along with the video um, and over 14 days you get really great with the click track so that's my one promo uh, during this thing um, and like I always say at the end of these videos if I didn't uh, if you just now join me or you're watching the recording uh, and uh, there's a question you'd love for me to hear about I'm oh, sorry there's a question you'd love for love to hear me talk about uh, leave it in the comments below here or I always will post a few days in advance of when I'm going to be doing these live um and so um i hope this has been helpful for you thanks for hanging out with me um i will see you again next week um i hope the drums sounded good uh give me some feedback on that as well if you see this after the fact that you know say hey the kick not enough kick with too much of this too much of that i want to make this uh, enjoyable for you um but otherwise Thanks for joining me. We'll do this again next week and every week live. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for the questions. It makes me feel great that you guys uh, are asking some things, and I can uh, hopefully give you a little bit of info on this. Um, And uh, if you're joining late, just check out the recording, um, and I'll see you guys next time. Uh, Thanks for joining me, and uh, goodbye for now.